Welcome back to another episode of Less is the New More, where we explore interior design inspiration that allows us to be more ourselves at home. I'm Claire. And I'm Ash. I'm so looking forward to today's episode because we are exploring how the slow fashion movement is crossing over into our home interiors. As we know, the slow fashion movement has gained significant momentum in recent years, and there's just a growing number of consumers who are rejecting the fast-paced, disposable nature of the fashion industry and looking for more sustainable and ethical alternatives. And this shift towards more conscious consumption has extended into the world of home interiors. So today, we're going to explore how this movement affects the way that we design and style our homes. Rounding out the show today, I am going to be getting Ash's live reaction to a design disaster that I found in my camera roll. I'm nervous <laughs> for my own live reaction because I think we've established in the past 18 episodes, sometimes I don't say very eloquent things and I'm very worried at my response. I'm excited for that response. I'm the complete Heck. opposite. Claire's <laughs> like, I want to set you up and yeah. I want to throw you under the bus. <laughs> I don't, I don't think it will, though. I'm not setting okay. you up for failure. Okay, for great. Sure. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that. Uh, before we get stuck into all of the slow fashion, fast fashion, fast fashion of things, I looked up those, uh, you know, those icebreaker questions yeah. that you get asked, you know, when you first start in a position yes. or like those industry nights, whatever it may be. Yeah. When we first moved to Melbourne, I was on the way to an event that I was really nervous to go to. And so on the way, I researched all interesting questions that I could ask these people. I didn't need them though. Great. Because you could think for yourself. Turns out, yeah, I actually know how to have a conversation. Yeah. But unlike me, because I researched this morning, <laughs> I was like, icebreaker, what are some questions? What, what are some good opening questions for the podcast? Yeah. And today's question, thanks to Google, uh, who is an inspiring figure that you would like to trade places with? You could trade places for a day, a year, your life. Oof. Who is it going to be? Okay. I think the time frame would be three weeks. Oh, okay. I would want to train specific, not yes. a month. Three weeks. No, okay. not a month. Great. Because, because not a month. <laughs> Fair. Okay. She's got things to do <laughs> in her real life. <laughs> She's got things to come back to. to waste a month. Being Anna Winter or Winter. Yeah. Yeah, that's who I would be. Tell me why. I think think because she's a boss. Yeah. And I also think because she does so many different areas that I – like imagine planning the Met Gala. Yeah, so you'd want the three weeks in the lead up to the Met Gala. Imagine having the power of creating that seating chart. Yeah, and deciding who's in and who's out. And deciding who's in and who's out because really like – as creatives it probably doesn't affect like uh, actors as much but if you're a creative in that industry and you get an invite one year and not the next I reckon PR would have to scramble to get you back up like that's a big call pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to get to get you there which is how I think Kim Kardashian makes it there every year yeah, well... I'm like, who's really inviting her? Yeah, because there was a huge... Kim Kardashian and Paris Hilton for a long time were excluded from the invite list yes. purely because of who they are and yeah. what they represented all of that. But, you know, times have changed. There. Yeah. I mean, they actually. all got invited last year and then only two got invited this year. Oh, there you go. The controversy. Intrigue, controversy. And if I was Anna Wintour, I would know why. 
Yeah, exactly. You and I would know, solve that mystery. Yes. And then bring it back you to know the pod. Ins and outs. Yes. Then after your three weeks stint, <laughs> you'd come back to your normal life at Lessons in You More and tell us all about it. <laughs> That's who I would be. Who would you be? Well, I was going to pick her too, which oh, is so weird. But <laughs> <laughs> oh when I was thinking about it, I was like, what kind of like energy would I want to be wrapped up in? Yes. And oh my goodness, I'd love to be wrapped up in her just day to day. And was this influenced by the Devil Wears Prada? Because I was influenced by that a little bit. I mean, probably, but also that I've just finished her book. Oh, um, yes. I'm, I say her book. It's written about her. And it is just so amazing, so intriguing how she's you know, climbed the ladder and yeah. gotten to where she is. And just the hours that she works and the things yeah. that she does. It's just incredible. I don't think that I'd be able to stay in it for very long. Yes. So like you, it would be a short stint. That's where my three weeks <laughs> came from. Yeah. But I was like, I really don't want my period when I'm at a winter. Oh, winter. that's fair enough. Mind she, she might be old. past that. Yeah. She's like in her So 70s. I'm going to give it a month. <laughs> I want to be here for a month. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so... But I want to ensure that as part of the experiment, I get to keep all the knowledge, everything that I learned, yes. everything and some of the that clothes was done. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to then take home pack. Keep <laughs> take home pack. Yes, please. <laughs> a goodie bag about yeah. a winter. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. It's so weird. Should I botch up her name one more time? <laughs> yeah. I think it depends on where you're from. As to her pronunciation, because yes. she's English, so yeah. they would say winter with an accent, but we just say like, well, we kind of just say winter, and a winter, yeah, and a winter. Yeah. Okay, so considering we're the same person, well, which, do you have we, a runner-up? Are we the same are person? We, like, well, I what listen. What is going on? As we all know now from our Instagram stories, sometimes I shamefully listen to our podcast, and yes. I'm okay with that. She but does. I, at one point I she was, wants to get those listens up. I do. And I also am like, what terrible thing did I say this week? I was listening one week and I couldn't tell who was you and who was me. Who was who? Oh, my goodness. So I think we are insanely similar. Maybe we need to, like, audio edit one person's microphone so that one like, person talks like a robot or something. Yes, like when you've, like, kidnapped someone and you're asking for ransom. Yes. One of us will be a ransomer. I ransom, and the other one will just be themselves. Shotgun be me. <laughs> Heck. Damn. Okay, who's your runner-up? Who's my runner-up? Okay. Uh, I think that I'm obviously heavily influenced by the books that I read about yes. people's, like, biographies. Anyway, so here's another one. Uh, Samantha Wills. Yes. I love her, and I think that in this instance, she's not so far removed, mm. if that makes sense. Like... She's Australian. Australian. She's beach maybe bay. like ten years older than us, but yep. Anna Wintour's significantly older than us. And I just think it seems a little bit more attainable yeah. to cross over to that life. Yeah. So, um, as we know, she had the jewelry company that she then decided not to sell, although it would have been worth millions. She just closed the doors, and I just think that her integrity and also her intuition to know that that was the right call mm. for her. I just love her story and I think that it would be really intriguing to live her life, particularly at the moment because she's in New York. She lives in New York at the moment and her apartment is amazing. So please swap lives with me. Um, <laughs> I just want that apartment. We'll take it. <laughs> the way that she writes, she has just gone to Harvard to um, do a script writing, like film oh, writing wow. um, degree. 
I just, there's so many elements of her life that yeah. I just love and I'd like to get wrapped up in it all. Interesting. Mm. Who would yours be? I was very nervous we were going to say the same person for on the, the second, second time. But I don't think we would have. Okay. Because mine's Rachel Zoe. Do you know I who she is? I don't know who that is. So she's an iconic stylist. Mm. She actually informed before I decided I wanted to be an interior designer, I wanted to be Rachel Zoe. Okay. So she started out styling celebrities for like red carpet events Mm -hmm. and now she's evolved into being like her own fashion designer and blah 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 but she just has a very like unique way of looking at things and a unique approach when styling her clients it's not necessarily about what are the public going to like more versus what's a story I can tell on this body that represents this person and I really enjoy watching that and she's just iconic to me how so cool. I would love she's got kids now so I'd love to live a couple of days in her life okay maybe the days when the kids are at care or gone off yeah. to grandma's for the weekend yeah. <laughs> well it's actually how ridiculously fitting that we're talking all about fashion and that is actually today's episode I know we is both on purpose well no nothing have on here been, is on purpose have we been influenced by the topic well probably no but there's no I can't think of um, people instantly from the interior design realm that I would want to swap with more so than people from the fashion. Isn't that interesting? And I wonder if it's more that fashion has a more climbable ladder to the public. So I'm sure that there are just as successful women and men in our industry, but not as attainable to the public in terms of you wouldn't read biographies on them or see documentaries. Nobody's making The Devil Wears Temple and Webster. Like nobody, you know, so I think it's probably more what we've been able to see more of. What we're able to consume, which I would like to think there will be a shift Hmm. because I mean we were talking about this and it actually feeds quite well into our main topic but fashion and interiors are so closely linked yeah but generally fashion comes first so I wonder if there's also that crossover in Mm. the people that we idolize and the people that we look up Mm. to in the fashion industry first and then will we soon over the next 10 years be looking just as starry-eyed at I think so. So let's open up then the chunky part of the pod, the bit that we are wanting to dive deep in. See, I wanted to throw them both in the same sentence, our two favourite sayings. Two little catchphrases. I feel like we should um, probably get them embroidered on merchandise. Yeah. Like chunky part of the pod, deep dive, yep. just on repeat. Ooh. We say it on repeat. Like so a like cookie holder that's got a chunky she part loves of the a cookie. <laughs> <laughs> I love a cookie, but imagine a cookie holder and it's got like the chunky part of the pod and written on it. And it's got chunky parts in there. And it's got a big cookie in it. I love that you associate the chunky part of the co- pod with cookies and I associate it with monkeys. <laughs> like a, chunk, a chunky monkey. <laughs> so the other day you put it on the ground and you put a little cookie emoji. Yeah. And I was like, why should we put a cookie emoji? <laughs> oh, geez. Okay, somewhere we're dissimilar. That's nice to know. <laughs> I know. I was like, where's her brain at? Oh, Oh, like a chunky. Yeah, like I would think like chunky chocolate chip. Yeah. And I've just gone chunky monkey. Yeah, yours makes more (laughs) sense. Okay, so let's dive into that. And I'm going to pose our first question 
to give our listeners a little bit of context. Mm. So let's talk about how interior design and fashion are linked. Yes. And I think the best thing we can do to start that conversation is define fashion and define interior design. Yes, let's do it because we're talking all about slow interiors and it really has come from slow fashion. Yeah. So fashion refers to styles and trends and other aesthetic choices that are favoured by a particular group of people at one given time or a given time. It's a form of self-expression and often reflects cultural, social and economic influences. It's constantly evolving and changing and it's influenced by a variety of factors, including technology, art, music, and popular culture. Mm. I like that definition. Mm. Is it Thank you. a dictionary definition? It, it is. Yeah, it is what, like, Google, Google or, yeah, says. would, like, pop up. And yeah. I just chopped and changed it because it went on for a little while. Yeah. And we I don't like have all it. the time in the world. It does cross over so much to interiors, doesn't it? Hit when, me with the interiors one. Well, mine is just very short and sharp in comparison. Love it. So... Mr. Google said about interiors that interior design is defined as a practice of creating an interior environment that addresses, protects and responds to human needs. I really like that it says like protects. Me too. I don't know why. I like it too. We live in shelters essentially, but we don't often consider how much they are protecting us. Mm. I like that. Yeah, I like I really that one. I really like it. We could mesh those two definitions together and you could be talking about interiors or fashion. You wouldn't know. We should do that. We should. An right. anonymous, who is it? Is this fashion yes. or is this interior? We're going to mesh them as part of this week's Instagram content. Yeah, let's do it. So then when we're talking about how they're linked, mm. let's kind of unpack that a little bit. And I think a really good Kicker? Kick off. Place to start? Starting line? I don't know where you're going. I'm going with sports terminology and I don't know why. Starting gun? Yeah. The siren? (laughs) The bounce of the ball? So many. Which one do you want? Do you want some more? I was trying to think of a The bounce down? (laughs) Is it bounce down? smack down? I don't know. (laughs) Your husband would do it. What is it when he like throws? A centre bounce, yeah. A centre bounce. <laughs> I was in amongst all that. I was trying to think of a tennis, like how they start tennis, and I was serve. like, "Oh, a serve. serve!" And I was like, "I have no idea how you start tennis." <laughs> okay, well, we're, I'm going to serve us yeah. off with a book that's actually written on this topic. Oh, great! So I won't lie. When we came up with this topic, mm. I thought we were absolute geniuses. I mm. thought this is a really great topic. We are super unique people. Mm. Turns out we're not. No. Because there's already a book and a documentary made on this topic. <laughs> so they're possibly not going to make this podcast into a documentary. Heck. Damn it. Imagine following us around for two weeks. It'd be chaos. Three weeks, actually. Skip Three. the period. <laughs> no period. <laughs> we got to be on the same schedule, though, before we can do that. Oh, dang. <laughs> um, so anyway, there's a whole book written on this topic by, I wouldn't, Sure, let's call her an author, but I'm not going to call her that. She's a designer by Blue Korean. Her first name is Blue? Her first name's Blue. Her oh. second name is Karian. Okay, fabulous. Probably not Korean, like <laughs> the oh, <okay>. race. <laughs> Karian. So her book is entitled Conversations Up Close and Personal with Icons of Fashion Interior Design and Art. 
And just to give you context as to what she believes is she's always maintained that fashion and interior design are closely linked, that one informs the other and vice versa. Both fashion designers and interior designers work with sketches, samples, colours, fabrics, textures and shape. And they will inform how the other plays out that season. What she's done, though, is interviewed a plethora of interior designers and fashion designers and unpacked their process and their thoughts and has posed the question, how does interior design influence you and how does fashion influence you as an interior designer? And a lot of them all unpacked. For example, a fashion designer, a lot of them said, well, I actually look at a lot of architecture. Mm. A lot of my collections, that really got, that escaped me then. A lot of my collections have been formed by an architect or cultural designs in Europe and whatnot. And interior designers have said, well, a lot of the time what I see in the runway the season before, the textiles they use and the textures and the form is how I then look at materials for my designs and so it's so interesting how they feed Mm. off of one another and not necessarily a clear-cut way but without one could you really have the other I think you could have fashion but they do really play into one another I don't think you could because as human beings we like to express ourselves by what we Mm -hmm. wear and the things that we surround ourselves with so I do believe that our interior spaces are just an extension of yes. that. So I get that fashion is close to us because we wear it on our bodies. Mm-hmm. But I think that our in- home interiors mm-hmm. are just as close because that is the environment that we yeah. surround ourselves in. That's the energy that we sit in day in and day out. And I think if one isn't informed by the other... It's like the clothes that you wear, you can predict and have a pretty clear understanding of the kind of home that they live in. Yeah. If you just meet someone off the street and they're really colourful, wearing really like sculptured clothing, you can understand when you step into their house the Mm -hmm. kind of feeling that you'd be getting Mm -hmm. and you'd be quite Mm polarised if you walked into their house and it was all minimalistic white Mm. clean cut you're like what is going on Mm. do you live here Mm. it kind of poses that question so I yeah don't I agree that I don't think you can have one without the other because I do think they're just an extension of the same thing can I share a stat that backs your point oh great yeah yes on average we make 35,000 decisions per day that is so Isn't many. Isn't that crazy? So we make 35,000 decisions per day and studies show what you wear is one of the top most important decisions you make that day mm. because subconsciously or whether it's conscious, the outfit we choose predicts how our personality will be portrayed throughout the day. And so sometimes when you're feeling a bit Ugh, you might wear something a bit more conservative and when people view that they then go okay well she's like they're not cut off to you but people absorb it and go oh that's what her personality is like and it informs how people will interact with you and they say it is the best way to non-verbally communicate a part of your personality or feeling and I think that's what we do in our interiors as well like it's a non-verbal way of communicating your style and how you feel and how you want to feel at home. Mm. And 
I guess whether you're an entertainer or whether you're not, like mm. it is, it's a non-verbal communication style it and I love is. that. It's like an outward expression of who you are internally, whether it be your clothes or your interiors. That's essentially I think what we're all trying to communicate. Mm. It's just, you know, some of us can do it better than others. So I think that if we're just saying some obvious ways of the way that they're linked, mm. I would say that it is really just that they inform one another. And I think yeah. with the way that the hierarchy is working at the moment, I would say that fashion heavily informs interior design. Yeah. And I think that they partner really well. Like even if we're thinking about a runway per se, nine times out of 10 now, a runway is not just a black stage across a hall. The installation, like the interiors yeah. of that space communicate a story that backs the collection. Like they yes. do pair together. Even when you're looking through like Vogue magazine, any photo shoot, the surroundings inform how you perceive the the fashion itself and so I would say that that's where interior design impacts fashion I think the context to which it's in makes a really big difference and then I think trends itself in interior design a lot of the time are formed yeah by fashion and what we're seeing on the runway but I do agree that there's a delay on the subject of like runways and even magazine shoots and that sort of stuff interiors and fashion are more accessible and more determined by the everyday person more so than in the past because of platforms like Instagram and TikTok and YouTube and all that because people are demonstrating their own individual fashion and interiors mm. by taking stylized, I suppose, curated images and putting them out into the world of their own individual mm. style, which once upon a time were only ever informed by the vogues of the mm. world, whereas now we're informed by Mary who lives down the road, who we've never actually met, but we watch on Instagram. Yeah. So we're able to, I don't know, see more more ways of how interiors and fashion cross over because we can see into more people's homes. Yeah, that's so true. kind of less curated, I suppose. Although not realistic, I don't think. So if that's the connection between fashion and interiors, let's now dive into the shift that we're seeing away from fast fashion. We're seeing this shift into slow fashion people being more conscious with the decisions that they're making of the clothes that they want to wear, the fabrics that they want to put on their body and the brands that they want to represent. Let's discuss how that has infiltrated the interior space and how our industry is kind of responding to a push from consumers, I would say, for the need for slower interior. Can I start it with a quote? Yeah, I'd love I'm that. I'm loving all the quotes that I've found for this oh, great. topic. Slow living is less of a style and more of a deeply personal mentality. This is by Nathan Williams, um, who did like some interior design and things like that. And I think it's so true is that the way you approach, whether it's slow fashion or slow interiors, it's a mentality versus a trend yeah. Like it's something that you are doing because you deeply value the core of what's going on mm. and you want to put less of a – is it more of a fingerprint? Less of a fingerprint. Less of a less, fingerprint yeah. on like this To earth. tread lightly on mm. the earth, yeah. 
So I am going to help Drew. Every week. You're going to help what? Every week something happens. Just a little disconnect between your brain and your mouth. That's all. It's fine. So to the best of us. Just Ash though. (laughs) Happens to the best of us. Claire's never done it. I mean, it did take me three times to do the intro this morning. It's true. So, you know. So let's break up the difference between fast fashion or fast interiors and Mm. slow fashion slash slow interiors. Okay. So it's, I'm going to talk about fast, okay. which is a term used to describe the production and marketing of clothing and or interior design items that are designed to quickly respond to changing fashion trends, often at a low cost. It generates every few weeks or sometimes even every few days mm. and it produces them in large quantities to sell them at low prices. Ugh. I think a really good example of fast fashion is, I don't know if you remember, it would have been like three years ago, four years ago. Kim Kardashian was photographed in a, I believe, a bright yellow dress, like mini dress, in the lead up to a campaign shoot. So the shoot hadn't actually gone live yet, but Mm. it was like a little snippet of behind the scenes. And a fast fashion label took that produced that exact dress within hours and it was up on their store for sale being linked to the behind the scenes shot that Kim Kardashian had just produced and I actually think she ended up taking legal action against them. Well, well she would. Yeah, because they have monetized her brand by moving so quickly wow. to create a replica of something she was wearing. There's also a influencer who her whole thing is that she will purchase cheap versions of expensive dresses you've seen on influencers Mm. and hers will be like a red carpet you've seen a couple of days before. She's able to find a company that has a replica already to go and she buys and shows you whether it's worth buying or not. It's crazy how quick and to have the access to that kind of material, I guess that it backs up our point. The interior design is just not able to facilitate it that quick because Mm. to be able to create a dress or and or like fashion item that quickly and turn it out you just wouldn't see that in interior design not necessarily because we don't want to it's definitely in homewares it's definitely in homewares think of any like but days production or hours i don't know i don't know if there'd be examples of it but can be pretty darn quick. You just look at the big movers and shakers like H&M Home and Zara, Zara Home and even Kmart. They are just pumping out mm-hmm. so much product. You look in their homewares departments, mm-hmm. oh, my goodness, it's just flooding mm-hmm. with product that is forever updated. Mm-hmm. You might go in one week and then the next week completely different products. So they are obviously turning it out quite quickly, but I think you're right. I think it's slightly more delayed and it's even that mentality in fashion and I don't think it's lacking in interior design I think we have interior design as well but how often do you hear people say well I can't wear the same outfit twice yeah or yeah. I can't feature that because I wore that last week yes there's a good chance you've seen me in the same bloody outfit 11 times yeah which is the way it should be and again I think social media is really playing on that that because we take a photo once like oh we couldn't possibly upload Mm. a photo in one year's time wearing the exact same outfit Mm. and I think that's because of 
social media mm. that there's like this expectation mm. but yeah you're right with your interiors it's as if you buy you know, a coffee table and you're like well that's my coffee table mm. you're not necessarily changing that, that is very true yep. or yearly you're not yep. churning and burning and I think where it can be hard as well is because fashion is constantly changing a lot of the time in society people are constantly buying and they spend like little bits here and there and you probably don't realize how much you've accumulated in spending in the year versus interior design when generally you're doing a whole room in one go or your whole home in one go it's like this big expense up front and so it's easy then to be like okay well I need to cut costs somewhere and so I'm going to get the cheaper version of this or the quicker version of that to try and reduce down which makes it harder to purchase those quality environmentally friendly pieces Mm. I think that as far as fast fashion is concerned within interiors maybe it comes down to textiles that Mm. things like throws cushions Mm. your bedding all of that even like cutlery and crockery Mm -hmm. that is very quick and accessible you could potentially switch that out quite regularly and those quick items though like if you're purchasing cheap cutlery Mm. a lot of the time they last a really long time as well like they don't tend to wear out to the same extent as a cheap cushion or a cheap floor rug because what you're like it, it just doesn't and so there are ways that you can invest and I put like quotation marks of like invest into quick cheap interior design trends that you can actually have for a significant amount of time yeah I just have to wonder using the example of cutlery what is it made from you're putting it in your mouth Mm. if it's that cheap to produce what's it made out Mm. of that's a really wouldn't have a clue (laughs) yeah I mean I don't know either but (laughs) that would I think these are the type of questions as we shift away from fast fashion and fast interiors and switch towards a slower pace which from the research we've done it seems to be articulated as slow living yes as opposed to slow fashion the interior version seems to be called slow slow living. living as we try and define slow living we're talking about being more conscious Mm. of things like what we're purchasing where it's come from the toxins that it's potentially producing how was it made so quickly and cheaply and kind of just asking the question Mm. I think that that's probably the first step yeah in the direction of being more conscious because it does seem to be a real movement I don't know if this movement was always coming or the fact that we've slowed down, taken a look over the period of COVID, I suppose mass production was probably just as accessible but harder to then get to us. So we then looked closer to home. Mm. So I wonder if this slow interior movement was coming anyway and that just sped it up a little bit to us being conscious of it. I think that support local movement really put a push on people – understanding what they're purchasing and why Mm -hmm. and one of the definitions that I looked up was basically saying purposeful decisions that benefit you and the planet and I think that support local really put a push on that perspective yeah because it again just made people conscious that oh 
I'm buying from Australian brand. I thought it was Australian made. It just highlighted that disconnect mm. where people were thinking they were receiving one thing when they're mm. actually receiving another. Mm. So it has just made brands more accountable, I suppose, that a lot of Australian brands have then since made a shift away from relying on exports and being like, okay, can we achieve this closer to home? It might put the price tag up a little bit, but because there's demand for it, we can probably afford to do it. Like the consumers are still there. They want to buy consciously, buy more of these slow products. And if it comes with a higher price tag, so be it. And I think people are living in more stripped back interiors anyway and so that slight increase in cost because we are living more minimalist in how much we want in our home Mm. it's like you're purchasing one piece instead of five Mm. but that is actually facilitating the way we want to live now and so I think there is a real place for slow living slow interiors Mm. because people are are finding ways to afford it Mm. my my concern with it is that it isn't achievable for everyone it it really isn't you can't say that everybody in our culture can afford to live at the slow living capacity Mm. and so I think if that is the case for you it's a similar thing to to what people say to you in fashion is like buy your basics that are slow fashion like invest in those items that you wear every single day so that you can then you know the jacket that I'm wearing that is not, it's not real, for, you know, it's not, it's, this is fast fashion and that's because the stage of my life that I'm in, this is what I can afford, but all my basics I've invested in. Mm. And I think when you convert that to interiors, it might look a lot like your big piece items, like the couch that we're sitting on your coffee table or whatnot, you really do research into and you make sure you're investing and it's made out of materials that can last you and that's mm. your slow mm. living. And then your styling elements For some people, they do need to be the fast fashion version and that's okay. But maybe you make yourself more aware of that and you do some research into, okay, well, what materials are these made out of? Is there a place that I can recycle them in the future? What impact is this going to have on the earth? You can still find cheap, affordable items that you can take care of the planet at the same time when you're done with them. And understand if you want them long term, Mm -hmm. like there's a quality and a longevity element Mm -hmm. to it and I think if you can't necessarily afford the quality which Mm -hmm. let's be honest is always higher and higher and higher and higher quality Mm -hmm. so it just depends where you sit on the spectrum Mm -hmm. so if you can't afford the high quality that you think oh you know this is really where I'd like to be but I can't quite get there now then I think you can look through the lens of longevity Mm -hmm. and understand, well, I don't want to make a snap decision that in three weeks Mm -hmm. or three months I'm going to look at it and be like, why did I buy that? Why did I spend the money on that? Because now I have no use for it. I'm just going to chuck it out and give it to landfill. We need to be more conscious to look through those lenses to make more meaningful decisions so that we can ensure that we have things that we can Mm. hold on to. And if we are then looking at things in, Mm. you know, years or weeks or months time, 
how can we upcycle them mm. and continue their longevity? Yeah. Maybe it's not with me, but maybe it was with someone with the else. Next person. Like yeah. Marketplace and Good Karma pages, we're constantly recycling yes. those items now. And that is such a good tool. It really is, isn't Be- it? Yeah. I mean, you might go, oh, well, I have no need for this anymore. But that does not mean the family next door yeah. is in the same position. There's a really good, there's, I'm not going to list them out, but I will post them on Instagram. There's six questions that Kate Watson-Smith, the author of Mad About the House, poses you should ask yourself before purchasing an item. And it's really good for you if you're looking at something that's maybe fast interiors. You can ask these six questions and if they tick those boxes, go for your life. Like amazing. Or maybe they tick 80%. But if they don't tick any, I think that's a good indicator for you to go, okay, well, I don't need to make this impulse just purchase just because it's cheap and back. cheerful. Yeah. yeah, exactly right. And while we're making those sorts of conscious decisions, I love that we're seeing this shift towards more handcrafted artisan products within our homes. And not only are we ticking the box of supporting local, we're also being able to because of social media in most cases watch these products be made and understand their backstory understand their story before Mm -hmm. we own them so whether it be things like such your jam I know I love this so much and I just love that we get to see it and Mm. understand where things came from because mass production like they're not sharing those stories because they're not stories that they want to share they don't want people to know where Mm. these products came from and the kind of conditions that they were made in, like we'd probably be ashamed and we wouldn't buy from there. So on the flip side is when they're being handcrafted, like it's so deeply personal for whoever it is that makes those pieces and puts their energy and time into it to then share the process so that when we purchase them, we understand where they've come from. One of my favourite things is when people, you like might comment on something, you say, oh, that's a really cute coffee cup and someone goes, oh, it was locally made by this girl I found at a fair. One of the things that I know you and I, not bonded over, but one time we'd like bumped into each other on the street and I had just purchased around the corner from us, there's this little boutique and there was this lady who used to knit little, they're not bonbons, what are they? Little booties. Oh, booties, yeah. Yeah, bonbons, Christmas crackers. She used to knit Christmas crackers. Um, no, she used to... Hard to break. Yeah. She used to knit little booties for newborns and I had purchased that for my friend who was having a baby because I just thought it was so beautiful. It was this local woman and like this old lady, she just knitted them and you and I were both... You yeah, had done that because I friend. just brought them too. And yeah. it's like this store that someone who works in the store, her grandma knits them. They sell, yeah. you know, like other brands and bigger brands. They don't really have many handcrafted things. But out of everything in the store, both you and I were drawn mm. to those things. I think they were like $10 as yeah. well. It's not expensive. And then when you take them up to the counter, they're like, oh, it was my grandma that made it all. Yeah. You know, Mary's grandma made them. It makes such a good story and it just connects you more so to our community and then for us to share that experience together. And I don't know if this is a bit of a tangent, but as you say that, I think that we've kind of done this full circle where our parents' generation were very local community focused. They would have known the person down at the local deli, had Mm -hmm. a yarn, whatnot. Then when technology started evolving, we did base that around because we wanted to be connected and we wanted community. But I think it's evolved so far that we're feeling more disconnected on social media and platforms like that than we're actually feeling connected. 
that we've gone back to wanting those local stories yeah. and feeling that connection that way. Yeah, it's almost like it's a bit novel mm-hmm. that we can have these sorts mm-hmm. of connections. And I could not pass through this section without name dropping a few of my favourite um, interior artists. Which so one of them is a ceramicist. Her name is Hilary Green. She's um, local here to Melbourne, and she hand builds ceramic vases and candlestick holders and candelabras. She, I just love everything that she creates. And she holds workshops so that she can teach others how to create products very similar to hers. And I just really like that idea that she's not out there creating and being like, no, this is just for me. I make this. These are my products. She's out there teaching others so Mm -hmm. that if people can't necessarily afford her products, they can make them for themselves and they can have these stories that we're talking about. They could make it for mum for Mother's Day and pass it on. It just has these fabulous stories. So she's an, someone to really look out for. And um, another one is Mark Douglas who actually yeah. is just local to Kensington and he hand blows mm. uh, glass lighting, interior lighting and everything he produces is just incredible and it's such an art and I feel like it's almost a lost art. Um, I have two of his pieces in my bathroom and I just bloody love them. They're all just like misshaped and to think that you can go down there and watch Mm. him make them, like bringing them out of the kiln and it's just forms such a deep connection to the pieces that we then have in our homes that to me it makes it so worthwhile to spend the time to save up the money for it and then to spend the money knowing that you're supporting someone Mm. local in comparison to going to the big brands which don't get me wrong all my other lights came from the big brands because there's a place for them too but yeah where you can Oh, it just makes you not only feel so good that you can support someone, but yeah. it, you just feel like so connected to your yeah. interiors and the decisions that you've made. And I think on that, if you are planning on renovating or overhaul your home styling, whatnot, maybe it's that you actually just put a percentage on your overall budget. So you might go, I can afford 10 to 15% of my budget to invest into those slow interior, slow living, the guy that hand blows glass, the girl that makes ceramic, whatnot, just so that you know there is a part of your home that is backing this movement because it is really important. And then the rest of it that you are investing into more affordable products. I think you just need to research, what am I investing in here? Yeah, where is my money actually going? Where's my money going? It doesn't mean that you necessarily have to spend all the money in the world on everything but just understanding what you're putting in your home and the impact that it might have on the environment and how you can best put your foot forward there are lots of companies like engineered flooring for example there's a really good company called have woods that do focus on sustainability and environmentally friendly products who are in the same price bracket as other engineered flooring companies who don't produce the same yeah so you're not actually investing any more funds you're just doing a little bit of research into where should i put my money Mm. and going with those companies yeah i think that's such great advice it starts with us being conscious that's it sounds great (laughs) Okay, bye. (laughs) See you, bye. I'm ready for the design disaster. So now we have 
Ash's live reaction to a design disaster that I recently stumbled across in my camera reel because I was clearing up storage, you know. Claire and I are forever cleaning at our phones to film these heckin' episodes. I know, right? I never have enough storage, which then just made me think, holy shit, I hope I have enough storage right now because I didn't check. Do you want to check quickly? Nah. Because I have gone through and culled so much. So there better be storage. But when I came across these pictures from 2017, I could not cull them because I just knew I had to show them to you. I was away in Bali and I went to a really delightful massage parlour. Oh, and, and we know we love massage stories in this pod. <laughs> we do. It always comes back to massages. So while I was in this massage place, they asked me too if I would like to go to the bathroom prior. Um, they didn't wait out the front because if they did, uh, they would have been waiting outside this bathroom. So this is Ash seeing this bathroom. It is just a toilet in the room with the door. That's all that she's looking at. There are more pictures, so get out of there and go to the next. So can you please explain what you're seeing here? Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I am seeing, first of all, I'm assuming Claire is standing like right in the architrave, like yeah, right in, in the, the doorway. doorway. The door is open now, the toilet is pretty well detached from the wall, which we don't see often. It's in the middle of the room pretty well. And the door is too big. So they've cut a toilet-shaped indent oh. into the door so that the door can open and be butt up against the toilet. Is that the best way to explain yeah. it? This is unbelievable. But it does then mean when you close the door, there's a, got a hole big in gap. the door. <laughs> you have a toilet-shaped peephole. Yeah. So if that masseuse was standing outside the toilet waiting for me, like she was waiting for you, she would have been able to see me twinkle because there's a hole in the door. <laughs> and were you also like, where is this toilet going? Because it's not attached to the wall and in the photos, It's on an angle. It's on an angle it's and like I can't see the in the middle the of the room on an angle. I mean, hopefully through the ground, there but I water mean, out, but water outlet. Who knows? The water outlet. Where's the water outlet? I don't know. I don't know how this happened, but it's our very own Please Hate These Things page. It is. Because this is straight out of what they would be posting. <laughs> and the toilet roll holder oh, is like me. directly behind, oh, the, yeah. like out of reach. You can't sit on the toilet I mean, and grab fine. toilet paper at the same time. You have to stand up to <laughs> reach that. Oh, my goodness. Wait till Who's you see doing this? this. I will share them all over our socials. I mean, I think I even need to link it in our show notes because as you're watching 100%. this, you need to be able to see the picture. 100%. All you need, you need to know to is it. it's a bloody disaster. It is. Another bloody disaster <laughs> for another bloody episode. <laughs> well, that's it for another week. So how can people find us? They can find us on Instagram at thenewmore.podcast. Please leave us a review. Yeah. As you have already heard, they make me cry. Yeah. And I wanted to mention that we are an independent podcast. So we create this podcast ourselves. We produce it. We edit it. We get it out. All by our little lonesomes. By we, she means Claire. <laughs> 
I mean, I'd I show was up putting and talk. A, I was putting it under a blanket of ash and crap. But yeah, sure. But it means that we are not financially backed by anyone. We don't have any help or anything like that. So really, the the best way I suppose to help us is to tell a friend or to click the follow button, so that maybe one day we can get some help and we don't have to do it all on our lonesome. Beautiful. So that's it for another episode. And until next week, bye.